You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Mountain City Church. This week, we take inventory of the work God has done through us over the past year and look to scripture for guidance about how to order our lives as we move forward. All right, again, uh, today's going to be a little bit different, as you can already tell. Uh, Today will be... um, it's what we call looking back, looking forward. So we're going to be looking back at all that God has done through our faith family in 2021, <clears throat> looking forward a little bit um, to what uh, God has been working um, in the hearts of those that lead to push us forward and see what we might need to add to our uh, ministry model, to what we are doing. And we'll show you the discipleship pathway again and um, add, show you what, what we're thinking about adding as far as what needs to be going forward in in 2022. But first, what I want to do is I want to take some time to give us the why behind the what. So why do we do what we do? And we're going to look at Psalms 1. We're going to look at Matthew 28. We're going to look at Ephesians 4. Obviously, we're just going to touch on them, um, or we'll be here all day. Uh, So let me do so. So let me pray for us, and um, we'll dive in. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, Lord. We thank you for each one is here, each one that may be listening because they're home and and they're not feeling well or they're quarantining or different things, Father. Um, Lord, that's many um, who represent those that call Mountain City their home right now, Lord. And Lord, we just pray for a touch and body for those that are not feeling well. And and we give you praise for the care and concern that others, um, Lord, has shown just by saying, I'm not feeling good, I don't know what's going on, and and I'm just not going to come and, and, and watch online, Lord. I pray, Lord, for those folks. And Lord, I just pray for us in our, our time together today, Lord. I pray that you, Holy Spirit, will work in the hearts of believers. And Lord, that maybe if there's one here today that's not a believer, that Lord, that you will change their hearts. And today they will see, um, they will see all that you're doing, that Lord, that that no matter how much the world presses in and no matter how much the world tells us things are completely awful, Lord, that you are still on the throne and you are still moving and you are still working and you are still changing people. And Lord, you've given us a wonderful, awesome privilege, grace and mercy to be part of that. And Father, I just ask for your help today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I think that every person in the world, every human being is striving after something. And I think the main thing that we're striving after is joy and happiness. It's just whether or not you are striving in the right path or the wrong path. And we see this in in the Psalms. And I just want to start with this statement because I firmly believe this statement. It kind of guides so much of how I look at the Word and and how much of of what we do and and what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish here at Mountain City Church. And it's this, true happiness comes from ordering one's life according to Scripture. And some of you have have been walking with God and it's like, "Uh, duh, yes, but true happiness, joy. This is where it's found. This is what Psalms 1, 1 through 2 tells us. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight, his joy, is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. And then we pick up Psalm 119 at the very beginning of that. And listen how he talks about the happiness, where true happiness is found. Blessed are those who 
whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. See, the word blessed is the word happy, and it actually it's a little bit more than happy. It, it rolls into this idea of joy, because we know that happiness can come and go just like that, but true joy lasts forever. We can have joy even though we're suffering. We can have joy even though we're, we're grieving. We can have joy no matter what is happening around us, because we have a Savior who has saved us. We know where our end is. We know where we are going. C. Clement says this about these two passages. It says this, One who is certainly happy even now, who has joy, of which neither crosses nor losses can deprive him. That's a great line. Which neither crosses nor losses can deprive him. In other words, there's a, a joy that comes from being a Christian, a joy from aligning your life with the Word of God that any loss or any cross, another, any suffering that you may occur in life, you can still walk in joy. He goes on to say, who will be happy as long as he lives and who has still more happiness, get this, still more happiness in store for him when death is past. That's that's when the true joy actually begins, is when we leave these fallen bodies behind, these bodies that are ravaged with sin and these bodies that are living in this fallen world and that one day we get to be with Jesus and then we will have a glorified body just like his glorified body. We will have even more joy, even more happiness. So if this is where we find true joy, it begs the question, it really begs the question, how are you ordering your life today? How are you ordering your life today? What does your schedule look like? What does your checkbook look like? What does your time look like? What does your effort look like? How are you using your talents? How are you ordering your life today? Today, is it lining up with Scripture? How about whenever we we feel sad or whenever things come in on us and and we just don't feel good? Are we running to, to the world's philosophies or are we running to the Word of God? There's a big difference. So it just, it begs the question, how are we ordering our lives today? Everything we try to accomplish here at Mountain City is to help you to delight in the law of the Lord. That's the basis of everything that we do, is to help you delight in the law of the Lord. Or as we are about to see what Jesus says is, is in Matthew 28, to obey all that I have commanded, which is just another way of saying that. This is what we're called to do. This is what a church's purpose is. We simplified this, and this is banners that have been hanging here for uh, four or five years now, is making much of God and making disciples of Jesus. This is what our mission is. This is what our goal is. This is what we're trying to accomplish. Now, this is the mission. Don't get me wrong. This isn't just a special mission for Mountain City Church. This is actually the mission of every church in the world, is we should be making much of God and making disciples of Jesus. That's what he's called us to do. We are to give glory, to exalt, to praise, to make famous, joyfully proclaim all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus. This is what it means to make much of Him. It should be on our lips 24-7. It's it's, it's the joy that, that gets us up in the morning. Are you missing that joy? 
How are you ordering your life? We are to then make disciples. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 28. A disciple is a follower, a learner of Jesus. So in other words, if you say, I am a disciple, if you're a Christian, you must be a disciple. They go hand in hand. So if you're a disciple, that means you're learning from Jesus. And where do we learn from Jesus at? We learn from Jesus from his word and from his people as they live out his word. So let me read Matthew 28 and what Jesus said. This is not Joe's words. This is not the elder's words. This is what Jesus said. Okay, church, this is what we are to be doing. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth was given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this is after the resurrection, and he's talking to his disciples. And he's telling them, here's what you do. You want to know what you do now that I'm gone? I've given you the Holy Spirit. Yes, I know you're sad that I'm leaving you, but I've given you the Holy Spirit. And later on, now we even get the benefit of the Word of God to read and to meditate on where we can open up this book and God speaks to us. God, the the maker of everything, he's speaking to us. I I, I was praying with the the folks in the back that that serve today. We pray every morning at at 10 o'clock. You're welcome to come back and join us at 10 o'clock. We pray for the service and everybody working. Um, My wife usually has, um, in the hospitality team, there's stuff back, coffee and donuts, and it's a good time of fellowship and everything. But my prayer wasn't that I don't want to be stepping on everybody's toes today. I don't even want to be stepping on people's necks today. I just want to be taking my arm and putting it around you and simply saying, look, how How are you ordering your life? How are you ordering your life today? Jesus, who has been given all authority from this passage in heaven and on earth. And because I have this authority and because you have been purchased at a price through the cross, through my death, burial, and resurrection, I am commanding you, I am telling you, this is what you need to be doing. Not to earn anything. No, 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 no. It's not to earn anything. It's because of what he has done for you. To lead you into all joy. To lead you into all happiness. Because I have done this for you, now I'm saying this is what you need to do. In other words, what he's really saying is this. If you're going to be doing anything other than that, you're not going to be truly happy. You're not going to be, have true joy. If this is just, if Christianity or being a disciple of Jesus, which you can't say that you're a disciple of Jesus unless you're on his mission, right? If you're learning from him and you're, you're seeing what he does and you're trying to follow what he did, then you must be on his mission. You just can't just be, just be a little bit part of your life. This is your life. This is what it means to be a Christian. That's what the Bible says. This isn't what Joe says. This is what the word of God says. He says, go make disciples. And in fact, whenever you look at the Greek in that thing where it says, make disciples, he says, as you go, make disciples. So in other words, every one of us probably have to get up tomorrow morning after maybe some time off, and we got to go to work, right? We have to to work, to, to pay the bills, to eat. The Bible even says that those that don't work shouldn't eat, right? You need to get up and go to work. So as you go, as you live your life, 
day in and day out, you're always thinking and, and, and thinking about how can I make much of God? How can I make disciples of Christ? Stop and think about this. Every one of you is, if you're in any kind of a secular job, okay, you've ran across this, where you're up to that point where tensions, tensions is coming, and this person didn't do this, and that person didn't do that, and you're right in the middle of it. And now you get to choose. I either jump in and act like the world, or I act like Jesus. And that's making much of God when you, we do that. That's making much of him as we show them the love of Christ that has been shown to us. So we are to make disciples, followers or apprentices or learners. We are to strive to make those who walk as Jesus did before God. Now, we're not going to do that perfectly. Never in this lifetime will we do that perfectly. But we are to strive to do so. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the Word of God. He's given us the church all to help us, which we're going to get into. So we are to strive for, um, to make those who walk as Jesus did before God, who are on the same mission of Jesus. Luke 19.10 gives us Jesus' mission. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. That's his mission. If you're a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian and you're a disciple of Jesus, then you're going to be on his mission. In some form or fashion, you're going to be seeking to save those that are lost. How do we do that? We proclaim the good news of what Christ has done. But that may look differently for so many different people, right? Never in a million years, whenever, whenever God saved me, did I think that this is how he's going to use me. That's nuts. Ask anybody that knew me before I was saved. They would guarantee you that this is not how he was going to use Joe. Right? So he says that we are going to seek and save the lost. We are going to make disciples. And how does he say that in this passage? He says we're going to baptize them and we're going to teach. We're going to baptize and we're going to teach. Baptizing, representing evangelism of unbelievers. That's what baptizing, yes, this, the physical act that we're going to celebrate here in, in a little bit when we see all those that were baptized here um, this year. But it's also the idea of evangelizing those that are lost. And the, and the, the evangelism that, that we try to teach, that we, that we want you to be part of, the, the, one of the things that like the the fish tank that's over here is we just want you to be proclaiming the gospel as far as just loving on others and telling them the gospel. Not some program, but as you are in relationship with other people. As you go. As you are in relationship with this person, as you are in relationship with that person, you share the gospel. So all those ping pong balls in there, they represent unsaved people, people that don't know the Lord yet, people that the folks of our church have come in contact with, they've shared a little bit of the gospel, and, and God's put their, their name on their heart, and they come and they put it in here, and this is one of the things that we pray for consistently, all the names in the fish tank, those that, that don't know the Lord, we want them to know the Lord, we want them to have the same joy we have, we want them to have the same destiny that we have, we want them to have the same eternity that we have. This is what being a Christian, this is what we're about. So we are baptized, evangelize them, right? And the other part is teaching them. 
What are we teaching them? All that Jesus commanded? Well, sort of. What he says here is teach them to obey all that he commanded. There's a whole different thing. There's a lot of people that know so much of what Jesus commanded, right? In fact, some of you are probably sitting here saying, yeah, man, I've been witness to this dude and he fires back at me all of Jesus' commands and says, I don't obey them, so why should I follow you, right? <laughs> We've been in that position. Probably every one of us have been in that position. You're right. We don't follow them to the T. We can't follow them on this side of eternity, but we continue to strive. We can continue to give grace We can look at that person straight in the eye and say, yes, you're right, I don't do that. But you know what? Jesus has forgiven me. He's given me grace. He loves me. And he can give that same grace to you. And I'm not earning it. It is a free gift from God. It's a free gift from him. So it's not just teaching him commands. The Pharisees were were the people that knew all the commands of the Bible so well, the Old Testament, right, in Jesus' day. And half of them didn't get it. They just didn't get it. It's a heart change. It's something that the Holy Spirit does. Pretty simple. However, it has been made extremely hard because of sin. The fallen world that we live in. And a very, 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 very active enemy that most Christians don't even believe in. And that's Satan, the ruler of this world. We're getting ready to go into 1 John starting next week. And, and if you read in 1 John five nineteen, he says, The whole world is evil around us because it's in the hands of the evil one, which Ephesians 2 tells us. He is the prince of the power of the air, is Satan. So think about the philosophies and the things that we follow that has been designed by Satan's people. I know that's a hard saying, and and some of you are like, oh, Joy, you're really going to go there? Absolutely I am. The more I learn about counseling and the more I learn about the Bible and how those two things go together, absolutely I'm going there. Because Colossians tells us that we are not to fall into man's philosophy. You know, we just read it in Psalms 1 and 119. We're not to follow the counsel, the counsel of the wicked. We're not to do that. So it's his commands. It's his word. But we have an enemy. We live in a fallen world. And this flesh, this flesh that that just desires all these things around us. Seems like sometimes more than God and we just don't understand it. This is why I talk about the heart so much. It's about your desires, your motives, your values. Right? It's easy to come up here and look at a passage and give you, okay, here's three things you need to do. Go out the door and do the three things. It's not going to change you guys. It's just not going to do it. You've got to find out what is the root of why you desire these things over God. That's, that's true change. That's what biblical change is. That's why I talk about the heart so much. That's why uh, I talk about getting to the root of our motives, our behavior, because that's how we change. And that's a very, very, let me say this again, very, 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 let me say this again, very slow process. 
But I'm in it for the long haul. Your elders are in it for the long haul. Your brothers and sisters are in it for the long haul because they're walking the same journey you are. So because what I'm trying to to help you to accomplish is to remove the obstacles to prevent you from obeying. That's what we're trying to do, is to remove these obstacles that keep you from following what the Word of God says. So at the root cause of you not obeying His command is the simple fact that you desire something greater. The Bible calls that an idol, better known to most Christians as sin. That's what sin is, is we're desiring something more than God. God is, in His wisdom, His knowledge has created some things to help us to fulfill His command. Brothers and sisters, there is no doubt in my mind that when you stand before God one day, what you will need to give account is whether or not you are a disciple of his son Jesus. In fact, we're going to be looking at Jesus at judgment. And not a disciple defined by us or defined by a church, but defined by the word. See, you cannot make disciples unless you are a disciple. It's not a thing you do. It's a life you live. Right? It's a life you live. You you can't make disciples unless you are a disciple. A disciple is a learner and a follower of Jesus. So if you're learning from Jesus and you're following Jesus, you're going to be naturally telling others what you've learned. I mean, we've... We've, we've made the bar so high on this, we need to lower the bar. You know how much you can change someone's life by just saying, you know what, you know what God showed me in his word today and just give them that little sentence? You don't know what God's going to do with that. You have no idea. We don't know what God is going to do with that. But he can do amazing things with so little. We learned that with the fish and the loaves, did we not? So we cannot make disciples unless we are a disciple. The very meaning of being a disciple means you are fulfilling his command. You have given your life to evangelizing and to teaching others to obey. This is why Jesus made it clear. Okay? So take Joe off of the table. Now you're going to hear from Jesus. Right? I know I've painted a picture and probably stepped on some toes, even though that has not been my intention. Let the Holy Spirit do that. But this is what Jesus says. This this is what Jesus says. Now, great crowds accompanying him, and he turned and he said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brother and sister, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore... Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has 
cannot be my disciple. This is what Jesus holds the bar. This is not impossible. See, God has given you so much to succeed in his calling on your life. To be a disciple. This is why we do everything here at Mountain City Church. This is what we're trying to accomplish. And he's given us a lot. (laughs) We're not going to fulfill this perfectly, but we are striving towards it. We are working our way on this path. Not to earn anything, but because of all that he has done, because the grace he has lavished upon us. We have his word. He's given us He's written down his word. He's like, uh, I'll kind of make it easy. I'll write it down for you. He's given us people to help us to understand exactly what the word is. People that have desires to read the background and and all the other things so that you can't pull a scripture out of context and say, this is what the Bible says. And no, that's not what the Bible says because you're pulling it completely out of context. He's done that. He's given us the church. We have his word, right? And we use the fame. You'll hear this 10 million times if you stick around here. Just read it. Just read it. It's amazing what happens if you just read it. Right? And what we do is we have D groups. And those D groups, one of the main functions of the D group is to hold you accountable for just reading it. Better yet, we have his very spirit dwelling in us. The Holy Spirit is dwelling in us. That's incredible. I can't even begin to start to unpack that. The Holy, do you believe that? Because see, what happens is if, if we don't believe that and we're consistently living and we're ordering our lives to the, what the world says, then what we're doing is we're quenching that spirit. We're grieving the spirit. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is full of grace and truth and he'll just, you won't know his presence. And then you'll come to Joe and you'll say, man, oh man, I'm just in a dry place. What's going on? Well, have you been reading your word? No. Have you been praying? No. Have you been fellowshipping with the saints? No. Okay. At least we know where to start. The Holy Spirit's real. He dwells in each of us. And he's doing amazing things. And and, and the thing is, is when we open his word, he just does amazing things to us. That's why he says even the foolishness of what I'm doing right now changes hearts. Don't ask me how, but it does. It's amazing. It is truly amazing. He gives us the Holy Spirit that dwells in us, is our counselor, is our comforter. He'll he'll remind us of what we've read. He'll he'll, He'll shed light on what we've learned. It's amazing. And also, he has given us the church. The church is so vitally important to God's plan. The church is so important to God's plan. And the purpose of the church is to partner with you on mission. It's to partner with you on mission. 
I know that's, that might be like, some of you might be saying like, well, well, that's flipped around. I join a church to join. No, we partner with you on mission because everybody should be on mission, making much of God, making disciples of Jesus. How do we help you do that? Right? How do we help you do that? This is the purpose. We sign a covenant. We all come together. We say we're going to do these things together. We're going to have people to equip us and and people to help us do that. But we're all going to be on this mission together. That's the the church. Equip you for a mission and to help you put off sin and put on righteousness. Because every single one of us have blind spots. Every single one of us have blind spots. Sometimes we don't see our sin. We don't see what we're doing. Sometimes we need to gather together and we need help getting down to the root of it because we're consistently repenting of the fruit of our sin, but we don't get to the root of our sin. Therefore, nothing ever changes. We need to repent of the root. And sometimes we need help finding that. So he's given us our brothers and sisters in Christ to help us put off sin Put on righteousness, which is just another way to say, obey all that he commanded. We read in Ephesians 4 about the church. Paul begins with the new life we have in Christ in this chapter in Ephesians. We'll just read this part in 11 through 16 and see what the Lord does as I read it. See what the Holy Spirit does. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says this. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every point with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, if if you've been listening, everything that I've said up until this point, you just saw it all come together in this passage. Maybe today you can go home and read it, or tonight you can go home and read it. This will be recorded. It'll be on YouTube. I'm even going to email it out to everybody, because I think this service is very important for us to celebrate and see the philosophy and what we are doing as a church. It all comes together right here. We're to equip you for what? To do the work of the ministry. So that, what is the, what is the purpose? The so that verses. The goal is your holiness. It's, it's 13 and 14. Until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature, the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro. So that's the, the philosophies that we can't dive into, Right? Tossed to and fro by ways to carry about every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. This is what the church is to do. Right? The goal is your holiness, your sanctification. This is God's goal for your life. The goal of getting married is sanctification. The goal of children is sanctification. And all the parents are like, yep, 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 yep. 
The goal of coveting with a faith family is sanctification. Luke 10, 27 is the goal. And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. This is why we walk, talk about sin so much. And this is why we talk about repentance so much. This is God's will for your life. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Paul goes on to tell us what repentance looks like. And in verses 20 through 24, he talks about the putting off of sin and the putting on of righteousness. We put off our disobedience and we put on obedience. We, we put off our false identity and we put on our new identity as one who is united to Christ. We put off self-serving motives and we put on the other, other focused motives. And all this is rooted in all that God has done for us in Christ Jesus, which brings him glory. This is the why behind everything that we do here at Mountain City Church. This is why we do it. This is from Scripture why we do it. This is what we're about. I'll just ask that question again. How are you ordering your life today? We want to help. That's what the church is here for. It's a hospital. <laughs> right? We want to help. These are the whys behind everything we do at Mountain City Church. Now, I've given you the why. I want to do is celebrate all that God has done through Mountain City Church this past year. And again, as I, I put the email out. Some of you might have caught that. I know that everyone's traveling and doing all these different things. But I'm just going to briefly pause at some of the things that we were a part of. And if you have something to testify about, please, quick testimony. We've left time for all this. It, it, it's only quarter after 11. We've got plenty of time. We've got two more songs after we do all this. It's okay. If we have to get up and stand up and walk around, we'll do that too. I'm just flat every time. We started doing this when, when, I, when you guys called me into being pastor here three years ago, moving from discipleship pastor. And I'm just flabbergasted every single year of the list of stuff that this church does, this faith family does, that God does through us. And I'm sure I'm missing things, right? I'm sure I'm missing things. There's things on, that aren't on here that just happen every day that... I may mention, um, and I may forget them, and I apologize if I do. So let's just look at some of the ways that we are trying to fulfill, making much of God, making disciples of Jesus. The first things I would like to look at are the ways that we partner with others. So in Philippians, it talks about, in three or four, I'm, I forget where, it talks about being partners, right? Partners in Ministry. This is kind of like what the whole Roman letter is about. It's a missionary letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome and said, I want to go to Spain and, and I need your help, but let me give you the whole doctrine of the Bible as I do that, right? That's why we have the, the book of Romans. So the first thing I want to talk about is our partnership with 20 Schemes over in Scotland. This is Tommy and Lauren. Um, how many of you know, honestly, you know that there's a whole bulletin board that explains everything like this in this building? Yes, there is, right around the corner here. Um, 
It talks about 20 schemes and everything that, that happens in Scotland. We have a very much have a desire to go to Scotland, but COVID has obviously stopped us from doing that um, over the last two summers. Maybe this summer, we don't know. Um, Their tendency is to be a little bit more strict than that. So two and a half years ago, um, Matt, Daniel, and myself went to Scotland on a vision trip, and um, we met Tommy and Lauren. It just well, actually, we met lots of pastors they, that, that, that are part of the schemes. So 20 Schemes has a vision of planning churches in schemes. A scheme, now I know I'm going to use some characteristics here, so forgive me, but this is how they describe it. It's kind of like an Indian reservation, a trailer park, and public housing pulled into one. That's kind of a scheme in Scotland, okay? Low income, hurting people, lots of addiction. This is a scheme. And they want to plant 20 churches in 20 years in all these schemes. And they're, well, they're going to blow that out of the water. So as our time together, we met Tommy and Lauren. Um, Tommy ended up being kind of like our guide for the week. And, and he's just a, a, he was an ex-police officer. I mean, just he, his, he was just like he would fit in here, right? Even though he has an accent that most of us can't understand. But anyway, he would fit in here with us in the mountains of Maryland, right? He's the same you know, just, he would just fit in. So it was natural for us to partner with them. Since then, they've had, they've taken over a church in Mary Hill that had like, I think eight people in it. And they were like, look, we're going to die. Most churches in Scotland are dying anyway. Um, will you come help 20 schemes? So now they're building that up and you've, we've seen updates and everything. So each year we send them $1,600 to help them financially. And we pray for them Quite often, you'll hear that from the pulpit when the, the uh, elders pray for us. And also, hopefully, one day we'll get to go. Um, we've tapped into some of their training uh, for um, some, uh, some of the ladies here at the church have taken some of that training. So hopefully we can find ways for them to use that also. So that's Tommy Lawrence, Scotland, making disciples, making much of God far away. Um, right down in Westernport, Bruce Outreach Center. Um, Pastor Carr was just up here a couple months ago. Remember Diet Mountain Dew, really active, um, funny, um, love the man, right? <laughs> love the man. Uh, yeah, see, you say Diet Mountain Dew and active, and everybody remembers him now. But he's down at Bruce Outreach Center, and there's a picture. They bought Bruce School, and you heard that story. I'm not going to reiterate that here. Um, but they are completely outreached to the Tri-Towns area, which has been decimated, obviously, because of the pulling out of the mill, and it was already headed down that road. I grew up in Western Port. I, you know, um, it was already headed down that way, and, and with the mill pulling out, it really took a nosedive, and they do so much ministry. Um, why do we support Pastor Carr? Because Pastor Carr does not take a salary from his people. Um, the reason why he does that, because it's an outreach center, um, and they're all first-generation Christians, so the idea of tithing and, and all this, this is all new to them. So as God works on their heart, um, he hopes one day maybe, he's had some really big help from Alabama, from us, from the different churches in this area, and so this is another way. Now, we haven't been down to Bruce Outreach um, this past year. We did some other things. Maybe next year there will be an opportunity to do so, to go down and help them. They, they, they bring mission teams in all the time to, to reach people um, uh, for Christ. And you can, you can go to Bruce Outreach on, on the web or on the Facebook page and check out all that they do. So again, we help Pastor Carr with $1,600 a year um, to do that. The Porter family is a, is a doctor. And his family, there's not going to be much information because we're doing this through the web. They're serving in Southeast Asia. Okay, he's a doctor. 
He was a doctor in, in Oakland um, and family of five kids and, and decided, okay, God is calling me to go make much of him and make disciples in Southeast Asia. So what does he do? He's, he's the doctor for missionaries. So as missionaries are coming in off the field, he's their doctor. And then obviously they're in, in an area where they got to be careful, but they're still proclaiming the gospel. Um, so that's the Porter family. We can give you more information about the Porter family in private, but that's all we're going to say here. The next thing we see is we partner with people as First Way Pregnancy Center. Many of you did this this past year. We give out the baby bottles. We collect the change, um, and we add to it. Um, I didn't get the number, my bad, on this year, um, but we, we donate towards their efforts um, to preventing abortions. Um, protecting life. Pretty clear cut from the Bible. We should be doing that, church, right? That's, that's pretty clear cut. So that's why we, we partner with them in that. Um, this coming year, uh, Ruth is taking a group of students um, to Georgia on a trip that they're working kind of through our church, through Send Relief. They're kind of just using us as a, um, a, a way to sign up for the trip, Send Relief, uh, Rebecca McCauley did this, took some students down to Puerto Rico um, through the same thing. So the students were here. Um, we made a donation to that. Um, Ruth is going to be taking them in February um, down to Georgia, trying to help them um, to go on mission. This has been a little bit of a change for the school even, where um, it's very much changing uh, the, the culture from well, we'll just go on a, a senior trip that could be fun to let's go on a senior trip that is on mission and we'll have a little bit of fun too, right? Yeah. Um, so it's been a, 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 a culture shift in this. And um, it's pretty cool that God used people from our church to kind of shift that culture in, in some ways. Even if it's just bumping the bar a little bit. Um, it, it's great. It, it's wonderful to, to see that. The next thing would be we partnered with Daniel um, as he moved from full-time um, engineer to part-time engineer to full-time crew leader. Uh, we partnered with him as far as trying to help him make sure that he can raise enough funds to do so. He also did funds. Now we know that we've also sent Daniel and Lynette out um, to pastor church in Kaiser. Daniel's um, started seminary. Uh, we knew uh, from the beginning that Daniel's only going to be here for a, a period of time and that our job is to train him the best we can, and then he's going to go. And so it was, it's really cool that he's only 15 minutes down the road, and we're still very much involved in our lives and in uh, everything. So that's another way that we partnered. We brought Daniel um, on that way, and, and he did some work as far as raising support, and, and now we've sent him off as far as off to Kaiser to pastor um, Gospel Life Church down there. So that's, that's really cool. So these, those are some of the ways we partnered with others. Um, so how did we go on mission ourselves, right? So these are the ways we partnered with folks to, to go on mission. How did we go on mission ourselves this past year as a faith family? Well, first of all, every month we have the clothing closet. Um, it's, a, it's the first Thursday, and it's this Thursday from 6 to 7.30. Um, we have families come in and get clothes um, that is continue to grow and grow and grow. Um, families that we see now on a regular basis, trying to figure out ways to con con connect with them on a, a more different level, as far as you know, spiritually and, and different ways to invite them. Now that we've seen the same people over and over again, the amazing thing about the clothing closet is it never runs dry. Never runs dry. It's just amazing what God does 
um, through this. Um, some of the parents are figuring out, wait a minute, I never have to buy clothes for my kids again. In fact, I heard someone say that, and I put it up on the Facebook thing, so I think people are starting to get it. You don't, because what they do now is they bring the clothes that are still in decent shape because someone takes a growth spurt, and then they take clothes with them. So it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity where we have anywhere between 20 to 50 people um, on a Thursday that come to our church so that we can love on them. And I hope that, that many of you will consider being part of that, um, especially in, I'll just reiterate, especially the ladies, because the majority of the lady, it's ladies that come with their kids um, to the clothing closet. So we do that once a month. And again, it's amazing how it never runs dry. The next thing is crew, right? Crew, our college ministry. Um, so we're two blocks from the college. Uh, we've had college ministry for the last probably nine years, ten years, I think, or so. Um, and uh, there's some of the pictures of them on uh, fall retreat up in Deep Creek. Um, so that happens on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock. And then there's a lot of things that happen on campus. We, they, throughout a year, we'll go on a spring retreat, a fall retreat. Um, and it's just amazing. This year we... We had a lot this semester. We got a lot of freshmen in, and um, they've really found community and, and loving one another as, as the Bible is showing it. And there's some really good student leaders within um, um, crew. And I just love, you know, the, I enjoy being with them as they are so curious about what the gospel is. I, I know we've heard a lot of things and a lot of wrong things, I think, about. Um, certain age groups and this, that, and the other. But I'm telling you, those that are coming to, to Thursday Night Crew or are part of Crew, the college ministry here at this church, um, they want to know what the Word of God says. And they need some, some people that's walked with them a little bit to come and walk alongside of them. So I would ask, would you consider doing so? Um, finding ways to plug in to Crew. But that's another ministry that, um, again, Daniel was leading um, or kind of figuring things out as we move forward uh, now that he is pastoring a church. But I know that God, you know, um, will work everything out as we move forward with crew. College ministry, it's, a, um, it's just a big part. You'll see, um, you know, uh, on any given Sunday that many of those folks are here um, because some of the just the core come here, and uh, it's wonderful to be able to minister to them and for them to be part of our church. Uh, the next thing is Union Rescue Mission. Once a month, we go down to the Union Rescue Mission. This is a, I don't know if it was this year or last year, but this is, we don't take a whole lot of pictures down at Union Rescue Mission. It's a homeless shelter where we're going to feed, and then we get to do a service. And this little one just wanted to play Nate's guitar, and uh, we thought it was a, a fitting picture of what happens. It's a good time. Um, it's a hard time for our church meaning it's a hard time of the day, right, where we got to feed them at 5 o'clock, services at 6, and most of everybody works till 5 o'clock or later, got to go get kids and everything. So we've been maintaining. There's some people that's been so faithful to going down to helping with this. So we don't get, we get the meal out, and then we get to do the service. We don't have a whole lot of time to go out and, and you know, talk with folks and different things just because of the nature of the amount of people we have, but also with COVID and everything that's changed a little bit. But every, every month they're getting a message from someone from this church um, and we're doing chapel with them and that's always a good time there. So we, we do that every 
single month. We make them a meal, and um, it's been a blessing to be part of that down at the Union Rescue Mission. The FHA block party is the next thing I want to talk about. Anybody want to talk about the Union Rescue Mission? No? Okay. Um, so the housing authority is right down over the hill here. It's the public assistant housing. Um, I am on the board. Leslie Felton is actually on the board um, at the housing authority, and they give us free reign to do whatever we want to bless the people of the housing authority. So every year we do a block party um, where we have this, you'll see the, probably in the next slide, the giant um, water slide, and we have games and food, and they bring in a lot of services for the folks that can sign up for these services and different things uh, for the people of the housing authority. Um, again, this is building community. This is um, you know talking to people, having conversations. I know there was a, a lot of good conversations that happened um, at the... We had a block party, and then we did um, a movie night, and a lot of people stayed for that and got to talk to people, hanging out with the kids and playing with the kids. Um, so that's something that we do every year, which is our, our block party, and that's, that's a lot of fun. Um, we took a trip to Skycroft. Skycroft is our youth um, center for our state convention. It's one of them. It's right down here outside of Hagerstown. And so they were in need of, because of COVID shutdown, a lot of layoffs of the, of the um, part-time employees and things, and they just needed some upkeep that's going on. So we um, took a team down with the trailer. They had a lot of trees down from the, all the ash trees that were dying, and we were cutting up trees with the chainsaws and everything. And then Matt led a team with Derek and Eric and Ashley, and I forget who else might have been there, um, where they, they knocked out 50 picnic tables. That was cool because they couldn't have camp because they couldn't put everybody inside, so they wanted outside seating, so um, we went down and we made picnic tables. We actually bought the lumber and, and made, you know, also purchased some of those picnic tables that, that they made, um, and they knocked all that out in a day and a half. It was pretty impressive. So we took that trip to Skycroft. It was an overnight trip, um, Again, that was just a service one. This was more about building one another up, right? Building each other up as we uh, spend time together because there wasn't a whole lot of people there at Skycroft. Uh, the next thing we did is, is whenever all those flooding, that hurricane went through, we went out to New Life. We took the disaster trailer out. I should have had a picture of the disaster trailer. Anyway, um, we, we went out to New Life, and we helped them clear out a riverbed and many other things um, for a day. Um, again, there's some pictures of that as we uh, worked um, most of the day helping them to get ready for another crew to actually come in and cut all their firewood for a year, which is kind of cool. Um, so we kind of took the trailer and did that uh, at New Life. Um, just recently here, uh, we've recently partnered because of COVID. Um, this is actually last year's picture, but we didn't get this year's picture. The boxes went too fast. Um, it's the dinner boxes that we pass out through the Union Rescue Mission. Again, another partnership that we do. Um, this year, each one of those boxes that we passed out had a, um, had a Jesus movie in it, a tract, and some information about our church. Um, so they were passed out to families that the Union Rescue, Rescue Mission said to pick up here. And then we also had our people give them out to families. And then Chris also takes some to the Myersdale area and gives it out to some of the school kids' families there. Um, so really 
a blessing for many people. We did 51 dinner boxes this past year. One last thing, and then I'll see if anybody wants to say anything about all that I just talked about, um, is the Toys for Tots. And this year we did 47 children. Um, we divided it up between the, uh, the Frostburg Housing Authority and here for people to pick them up, uh, which worked out really well. But a lot of work went into packing all those toys and having a lot of fun on the night that we packed them all. And uh, thank you, Kendra, for, for doing all of that and organizing all that and those that, that pitched in. So all of those things that, that we actually went on mission to do, does anybody have anything that they would like to give God glory for or just comment about the time for that? Anybody? Oh, come on. All right. All right. We were blessed to fulfill Jesus' command to baptize six people this year, um, which are up there. Next, baptizing. There we go. Joel, who is a college student who became a member of our church, um, who is now back home. There's Derek, and Chloe should be next, right? And then Brandy, and then. Randy, and then Terry, there we go. Um, so they were all baptized this year. Um, so fulfilling the mission is we were baptizing um, folks as evangelized for different reasons as they became members. Um, they, some of them felt that they should be baptized, and this is the new members we took in. Obviously, Lynette's not pictured there. She was, became a member and left with Daniel, obviously. Um, but those are Eric, Joel, Brandy, uh, Randy, Derek, Chloe, and Terry all became members this past year. So along with baptizing, we're also looking at equipping for the work of the ministry. Um, and we, we added some more equippers to the, to the team. Um, so we brought on two new elders. Um, we um, was able to let Matt, who has um, been an elder for uh, quite a long time, to take a break and um, I say that, take a break um, consistently. We didn't retire him. We just gave him a, a sabbatical. <laughs> um, so we, we called two new elders, uh, Sam um, and then Tim. So we brought those on to, to help equip the church for the work of the ministry. So now it, it's me, Chris, Sam, and Tim who are, who are the elders of our church. Um, we are working hard at, at figuring out what uh, we need to do next, what what uh, things need to be filled in, where God is working and how we should follow him because that's the main thing. Um, we're learning how to work with each other. It's been really good. Uh, we just had a meeting last week that I thought um, really helped us uh, to, to learn a lot about each other and, what, and how we can work with each other moving forward. So um, God has blessed us that we have men that um, have stepped forward and taken this. I know churches right now that, like, um, it's, it's the lead guy and there's a deacon or two that, that hang out and help out a little bit, but it's, we've just been so blessed um, to have folks that are qualified and also desiring to help with this. Um, so he's positioning us stuff to do some things, right? He's positioning us to do some things. Um, also, going along the lines of equipping, um, we had uh, Rebecca McCauley took the book, The Word, uh, Women of the Word, and she turned it into a one-day seminar, which was excellent. Every lady that attended said it was incredible. Um, 
And I, I can't wait till you know Rebecca's, her and Derek's getting ready to have child number two. So it'll, we'll wait a little bit, but uh, can't wait till she does another one, maybe in the fall or something. Um, but th- it was a good time to equip um, the ladies to look at the word and, and and everything. And like I said, every person I talked to really enjoyed um, their time together. Okay. Um, just as Ruth is in charge of the seniors th- this year going to a trip, Rebecca was in charge of the seniors last year, Rebecca McCauley, and they, everything that they planned, I think, got canceled or couldn't do a whole lot because of COVID. Um, so they did some things in this area. Um, I think they ended up in Pittsburgh for some time, but they stayed a day here, um, and they did some work here. They did some missional work here. So uh, the next slide should be the picture at Clyder. We took them all out for coffee, and then they went to work. The, some of the, la- the ladies made up baskets for all the nursing home workers um, of fruit and candy and different things to put in the, in the uh, um, break rooms. And the, and the guys, there's a picture of the guys building the racks for the, the clothing closets. And then in the afternoon, after we fed them lunch, Daniel came in, uh, I think Joel was there, uh, and trained them how to use the solarium cards all these seniors, and then we went over to the campus for a couple hours, and they actually was in the Lane Center going around and actually evangelizing, and I bet you that most of them has never done that before, and um, that was good. It was great. Um, really enjoyed that, that day. Wasn't sure how it was going to uh, play out, but God made it work. It was really cool to see them diving in over at the campus and all the college students coming in to help them, um, uh, making that a, a really good day. Um, so that we were part of that. Uh, we did a, a workshop that there's no pictures for or anything um, where I took some of what I've been learning about depression and, and tried to pass it on to folks. So we had that time um, together on a Sunday evening. Also in the equipping category, uh, some of the ladies went out to the 2020, even though it was 2021, um, together for the Gospel Women's Conference in Indianapolis. Um, and uh, Ruth and Charity and LaDonna and Ashley and I don't even know who else was in that track. Becca, um, we all went out to Indy um, for that. I'm looking at the picture and I can't see who's in the picture. Um, so uh, they went out there for um, uh, a time of equipping. And I know some of the ladies that couldn't make the trip, they were watching it online. These same ladies, this group of ladies, also went through the, the book of James. That's what the conference was on. So they actually spent time before the conference going through the, the workbook together. Um, so that was just more time of equipping each other in the Word. So that was the trip to Indianapolis. Um, we also celebrated um, as we equipped the students, as they're back there right now being equipped at age level appropriate uh, teaching. Uh, we also celebrated leveling up those that graduated from elementary into middle school. Um, they, they now come out here. Um, to be honest, we've been kicking around, and, and Angela doesn't notice if this gets back to her, she might come after me, uh, of trying to figure out a way to have a class for them during Sunday, maybe even if it's every other week or something, just to give them some more age Time. So these are pictures of those that, like Michael and Grayson, who, who leveled out of our elementary uh, students back there. So they're being equipped right now um, uh, as we are being equipped out here. So that's kind of what's happening there. Um, weaved into our time on mission, our time of equipment, we did several things to continue to build up relationships and build community, such as church in the park. 
So this is just a time where we, we rent out the Hoffman Park and we go and we have service there and then we have a picnic and uh, we try to get as much done before the naps come because we know when the naps come, it's, it's all over for the kids. It's just the, where we're at with our church. It's great. It's awesome. Um, and uh, so that's church in the park and, and trying to have community there. We also went to an Altoona Curve baseball game together. Um, that was great. This was faith night. It kind of rained at the beginning, so it kind of washed out the, con- uh, the concert. But the rain left, and we, and we enjoyed our time together um, as far as going to Altoona Curve baseball game. And the, all the guys got together, and we went up to outside of Pittsburgh to Top Golf. That was a really fun trip. It was really cool to see everybody pile into Derek's little car. It's like, we got all these vehicles, and they all was like, we're riding with Derek. And he got legs and people stuck everywhere. I was like, we're going to have to push him up that mountain, but we're going to get her. But it was, uh, it was a great time together um, with just the, the, the men of the church. It, it was a wonderful trip, and that's definitely going on the schedule um, for this year. And, and obviously our community aspect is our community groups that happen every single week now, starting next weekend. Um, so on Saturday night, Matt has his group back here. On Monday nights, Marty and Ruth are in Cumberland, and Charity and I are over here at the Parsonage, um, where we get together, we talk about the sermon, and we fellowship and love one another and try to help one another in that. So that's the community groups that are happening. So God has done much <laughs> um, through our faith family in 2021, and we are looking for God to use us in 2022. We will continue to do many of the same things we did in 2021, along with working on we some of the gaps that I think are in the pathway. So if you think and look at our pathway, which is something you'll learn if you take our membership class and, and something that we'll do a sermon series on at least once a year, this is kind of the way we think of the church. We think that you're on a pathway, trying to trying to give us a picture of a movement, right? You're on a, you're on a freeway. So you you have the, uh, the the congregation, which is Sunday mornings. You have the community, which is our community groups, and the core is our discipleship groups. And all of this is preparing us to go out into the crowd to make disciples, to evangelize and make disciples. That's that's kind of what the path is designed to do. The two on ramps. Right, You can come into the, the path on a Sunday morning, or you can even come into a path at a community group. You know, Someone can invite you to a community group, and then maybe you'll eventually come in on Sunday and, and then move down the path. So some things that we think are, are missing from that path is um, like in between congregation and community, maybe like a rest stop where you can go in and learn like the basics of Christianity, like Christianity 101, like an institute, like just a time of teaching where you do a little bit of work before the class, we talk about it, you have lots of questions, and then we move on to the next thing, and, and you get that core fundamental um, basics of Christianity. Um, every poll in this coming out shows that basically the churches are biblically illiterate, um, not saying every church, not saying our church. I, I'm just saying that m- people that are coming in, if you're a new, cr- new believer, then you don't know nothing. And, and it kind of seems like we don't have anything on our path to help that person that just, just turned their life over to Christ. So what do I do now? Well, yeah, you go to community group, you get yourself in a D group. That's, that's good. But we want it, you need to be taught the foundation of Christianity. So maybe call it an institute. That's something that we're looking at trying to form up and see what it would look like because our church has a lot of young families. How does that look? And and different things like that. And the other rest stop, like in between maybe community and core, would be counseling. 
Um, we all need a time where we need a rest stop to check in to see how our heart is, how we're dealing with things, how our emotions and feelings are. Um, this is why I'm working hard at trying to be ACBC certified. Um, I've done like most of the, the education part of it. Now I just need to do some essays and I need to do um, some like observ observation time of counseling. But I think that that will be a good thing. And also, um, I just, counseling is, is good. We've, we've farmed out the job of the church to other people, and we need to stop doing that, right? It's the word of God that's what's going to change us, right? It's, it's it, before, you know, this idea that you go to a, a counselor outside of the church has only come around in the last 50 years, I mean, you had medical doctors and you had spiritual doctors, and that's all there was for the longest time, right? And if we're, we're to be people of the Word, um, then that is. So that means that not only, I can't counsel everybody, so then we got to figure out a way that maybe some people are, are, are called by God to step into this area. In fact, I believe it's every person's job in the church to counsel one another. That's kind of what Ephesians 4 shows us. I know I just threw, you know, that's a big, big thing out here, but um, that's, that's how it should be. We should be counseling. And, and it's like, well, I don't do it because I don't know how to do it. Exactly. And we're supposed to be equipping you to do so. So we got to figure out how to do that, right? I want you to be able to sit down with someone who just lost a loved one and be able to know how to use the scripture to help comfort them. It's not an un unreasonable thing. It's a big goal, um, but I think we all can do that, every single one of us. If we've been saved a month or 10 years, we can do that because it's all about showing them the Word of God. It's all about showing them the Word of God. And just the last two things um, is, is we, we need to work on and look at ways to help you and equip you to bring people onto the pathway. So things like Christianity Explored or Solarium Cards or different ways that, that you can engage folks um, with the gospel. We need to continue to equip you with that. I know Daniel did a Solarium Card training. It's up on the website. If you're interested in that, we have the cards. It's there. It's an easy way to get people talking about God. Um, and uh, I know I'm, I'm hitting these at 30,000 foot level because I don't have exact details. These are things that we're praying about and working on to, to make changes for 2022 and moving forward. Um, one thing that, that is been marked down is every fifth Sunday, um, we're going to have a workshop of some type here at the church, Sunday evenings. Um, the first one is at the end of January. It's going to be about marriage. Um, so I'll, I'll take some of what I'm learning, and I want to take it out of my cup and pour it into your cup. Um, about how the Bible says and what the Bible says about marriage and your relationship to one another. Um, so, I said all this, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, is the focus is not on building a big church. The focus is, is building mature believers. We are a sending church. We are two blocks from the college it seems that there's a lot of younger folks that have gravitated to our church. And we, if you think back, if you guys have been here, just think about those that are sitting here right now that have been here for any length of time. How big of a list of people that have come through here, we've equipped and rolled out of here 
And now they're doing this, or they're doing that, or they're doing this, they're doing that. This is what the church is designed to do. This is what I think our church uh, should be doing, um, is equipping people to do the work in the ministry. That's every church, yes, but it just seems like he's, he keeps, God keeps bringing folks in and like, okay, raise them up so you can send them out. So we, it's hard. It's hard to say goodbye a lot. <laughs> you know, just in, in the seven or eight years I've been here, I've had to say goodbye to a lot of people. But, man, I could also give you a list. We could do a whole other service of this person's doing this and this person's doing that and look what this person's doing. It's pretty incredible, you know. And that's what we give our lives to. Those of you that, that live here and is going to set up shop here for a long time, then you buy into that. You buy into that. Look, I get to be part of equipping others to go do the work of the ministry. That's just, that's, that's the church. And that's how it works. And that's, that's where my heart is and, and the elders, they're all on that agreement. They all look at the scripture and say, yep, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And I just pray that God will use us and continue to use us moving forward in 2022. So let me pray, and we'll turn it over to Nate, and we'll be a little bit long, but that was a lot, I know. Father, we thank you so much for your word, Lord. We thank you for all your efforts that you've done through us this past year. Lord, we celebrate all that you have done. We give you glory for all that you have done. Lord, all the, the, those that are sitting here today that have changed because of what you're doing through their brothers and sisters in Christ and loving on them and, and speaking truth and love to them. And Father, I just, I just pray that you will continue to use us, that we will not quench the Spirit, that we will never grieve you, that we will always be looking to see where you are working so that we may join you on your mission because that's really all that matters and that's the only thing that we'll ever be successful at is if we join you on your mission. And Father, we just give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Mountain City Church. To learn more about our church, visit our website at mountaincty.church. Thanks again and may the Lord bless your week.